the suitcase from the van Cause if you want the best But you don't ask questions Then brother, I'm your man Cause where it all comes from is a mystery It's like the changing of the seasons And the tides of the sea But here's the one that's driving me berserk Why do only fools and horses work? La 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 Oh, shut up, you tart. Vampire Rhino, and welcome to a new episode of Only Goats and Horses with Bread Roll and JT. <laughs> Vampire Rhino, indeed, everyone. I knew you were going to open with that one, Bread Roll. I just knew that was going to be the first two words you said. Hello, everyone. <laughs> so we're back again, and we're looking at Series 5, Episode 5 this week. And it is called Video Nasty. And this one aired on the 28th of September, 1986. And check this one out, Bread Roll. 17.5 million viewers. So the Ooh. best yet. So it's going up another million odd from last week. That is going up. Yeah, that's really good numbers as well, which is good because this is a really good episode. Um, another episode that made our top 10 as well, no less. Uh, although we did struggle to get through at that time. Hopefully we'll be a bit more <laughs> on the ball this time. <laughs> yeah, we did indeed. I mean, maybe controversial is in our top 10. It's probably an episode that not a lot of people will remember. And I'm just going to apologise. The dogs are playing in the background. So if you can hear random noises, it's not a vampire rhino. Um, it's two dogs, um, I would say, playing, but they kind of play fighting. So, yeah. Um, so that's probably going to go on through the whole episode. So enjoy, everyone. Um, yeah, we did struggle with the old uh, vampire rhino, didn't we, last time? It was some bit of a chore to get through, but in a good way. We, we laughed so much that um, I think it took us by surprise a little bit, didn't it? It did, yeah. It's just one of those episodes. It is hilarious. But when you're actually kind of talking about it out loud, it is just that whole section is just so bizarre, even by only fools and horses standards. Um, but you're right, actually, it's probably an episode that by its name, if you just said to someone, oh, have you seen the episode Video Nasty? People would be like, oh, don't actually remember that one. But then maybe if you give a few things, oh, it's the one where Dell buys him like the, um, the typewriter or the, you know, the rhino loose in the city, Charlton Heston. They might remember it a little bit. Um, but yeah, I'm glad to see the numbers going up because this is a cracking episode. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what they are next week for the final episode in the series, see if this one kept people interested, the old vampire rhino. Um, this is the first episode we ever hear the mention of the Driscoll brothers, isn't it? Although we don't see them um, for a long time yet, but they do get a first mention in this one. Yeah, yeah, that's true, actually. They do actually... When did they actually turn up? Is it series... Yeah, series six, isn't it? Series but they do six. get mentioned, yeah. They do become a bit of a, an ongoing thing, at least in name, if not by presence, for like the rest of it, really. Yeah, they do. And just a couple of little pointers before we go on. This is from the um, Only Fools wiki page, not from my personal knowledge again. Um, Rex Robinson, who plays the vicar in this episode, he also played Harry, who was in uh, Healthy Competition. He was one of the bidders at the auction. So we've had a couple of people who have turned up as different characters. And here's another one. I didn't know that one. Oh, I didn't know that either. But that's that's really cool. Uh, the fucking... I've got a note of it later on, but the vicar is so, it's one of those actors that's just really <laughs> over the top of his voice in this, isn't he? He's like, yeah, I'll be with you in a moment there, Mickey, that sort of thing. It's so <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> He's a Mr. Peterson, isn't he, really? Um, right. just, one other little thing as well. We, I think you mentioned this when we did this in our top 10, um, and you're right. So, Sleepers in Peckham, one of the final episodes, um, was partially based on this episode. Um, obviously, Rodney and Dale come up with a film idea. Um, which we'll get to in a few weeks' time. And Boise and Marlin are also celebrating their wedding anniversaries. Um, they were 17 years apart, but obviously he brought that back full circle there, the uh, Boise and Marlene wedding anniversary. 
Oh, wow. That's awesome. Wow. Must have been on the ball for once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go, Bredwell. You, you were definitely right when you mentioned that. So, shall we have a look at how this episode goes then? Absolutely. Okie dokie. Right, again, pulled from uh, Wikipedia this one, just a normal wiki, not the only fool's one. That was a bit too in-depth. Um, and as always, a big shout out to Mr. Dan Parkinson for the opening theme tune of this podcast. Thank you, Dan. Always appreciated. Rightio. So, at the Nags Head, as Trigger and Boise talk about Marlene's inability to have children, Rodney enters to tell everyone that he and Mickey Pierce have been given 10 grand by their evening art class teacher to make a local community film. Delboy and Albert also enter and tell everyone that they've been borrowing hay bales from a private zoo run by Abdul's cousin's girlfriend's brother's friend, as well as having to be seen Monkey Harris's sister's first husband's wife's stepfather, who works for an animal farm food company. Rodney tells everyone that he is writing the story of the film and Mickey is directing. So I quite like the way this opens and uh, it's good to see old Mickey again. We haven't seen him for a while, have we? Yeah, that's true. It is a long time since we've seen Mickey. I quite like the way this one opens. Um, it's one of the rare episodes that actually opens without the trotters. It starts off with Boise dressed up like a latte, playing cards with Trigger. Then Mike comes along, um, and then it's obviously Mickey, and then the trotters actually come in about three, or, well, I don't know, five minutes into the episode, let's say. And it's also an episode where they shoot the nag's head from a very different angle again. It's actually from a side angle, uh, this whole shot, and actually in the pubs, you actually see the, the back wall a little bit more as well, just for those who like that sort of thing. Yeah, we've seen quite a few different angles of it now, haven't we? Um, like I say, this is again another one. I do like the sort of um, banter between Trigger and uh, Boise before the trotters come in. They're talking about um, Trigger's dad and everything, and um, he doesn't know who his mum didn't know who his dad was. Well, yes, she did, roughly. And then it turns out it was some soldiers on his birth certificate, which obviously you couldn't have on a birth certificate, I wouldn't have thought. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that is good when um, you see. Um... The fucking Boise, like, he's talking about going to, like, the hospital because having checks because Marlene can't have kids and he automatically thinks it's her. And this just sums up Boise fucking perfectly, this bit. He's like, you don't know what it's like to have a wife who can't have kids. I tried to console her. I said, Marlene, God didn't intend for you to have children, so shut up about it. So I just fucking, that's about as like, emotional <laughs> as, being, or as um, calming as Boise can get. <laughs> yeah, that's probably, him, like I say, being nice and calm and compassionate to her. Um, you've mentioned his outfit there. I've got that. The latte outfit's great. Is it the same one he wore before? Is it a slightly different variation on it? I think it's a slightly different variation, although normally he wears a jacket, which is like a cream colour, mm. isn't it? So I'm not too sure. But yeah, he's got like the kind of the waistcoat and that on and Trigger's just in some really kind of cheap-ass jacket, really. Well, that's Trigger for you, isn't it? Unless he's wearing that blue suit. Although he was looking a bit dapper last week. And then old um, Mickey comes in, obviously. Well, Mickey's already there, I think. Rodney comes in and Mickey straight away, he's, he's flashing the cash around a bit. He buys Rodney a big pint, so Rodney doesn't get a half for the first time in God knows how long. But I don't even know if he actually ever gets the drink. I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah, that's true, actually. It's weird. I did um, think that about when he says, like, a big pint and everything. I mean, I don't think in my life I've ever ordered a half measure in the pub. I've never gone and said, I'll have half a pint. I'm always like, can I have a pint or like wine or whatever I'm drinking? I've never ordered a half in my life. But he makes out like a big pint, like a huge thing. But I suppose for Rodney, he's never got any money. It must be. Yeah, exactly. No, I don't think I've ever ordered a half either. Like two sips and it's gone, isn't it? There'd be no point, really. I mean, I get upset with those little 330ml cans of beer you get sometimes when I buy like um, these sort of variety packs and they come with the little cans. I'm like, oh, that's no good. They last about three seconds. But we're digressing again. One thing I did think earlier, and I actually checked this out on the conversion calculator. So they give Rodney, or they're giving Rodney 10 grand for this community film. That's up. That's thirty-two and a half grand in today's money, and that does seem like a hell of a lot for a crappy little community film, doesn't it? 
it does yeah especially when we've seen no disrespect from like what their community is like and everything it's not exactly a, a high level community is it not and probably must have only been going there for a little while i wouldn't uh, you know imagine they'd have just trusted him with 10 grand straight away <laughs> you wouldn't trust rodney with 10 quid let alone 10 grand would you <laughs> <laughs> then we find out also um apparently mickey had a saturday job at boots didn't he which i'm sure is probably dull just trying to make a bit of a joke on the uh camera counter when he says uh rodney says he's got a bit of experience with cameras but that's probably Dell just trying to make a cheap joke out of it yeah yeah definitely um yeah it's weird i, I don't know why they don't name drop many things in there until a bit later on but i suppose yeah they've used were like marks and spencers and stuff wasn't it the other day we said that they rarely have product placement but they are mm. i guess they are allowed to mention stuff by name because it is obviously a real place and everything i suppose it makes you feel a bit more authentic it's just when it's actually in the actual show or on the shot that's when it's different isn't it yeah exactly that and i, I like it when i'm obviously rodney's talking about the indictment he wrote before and they're saying oh how shit it was and everything and he's like all right we didn't have the same social impact as kathy come home and Dale was like it didn't have the same social impact as lassie come home i think that's fucking <laughs> brilliant that's yeah, amazing yeah it's a great line it's sort of line as well i wonder if it's actually in the script or if it's just like a a David Jason's sort of special on that one. Well, we've said before, haven't we, that as this sort of went on, they started to add lib a few lines here and there, and you can see the the chemistry between the two of them now, and obviously um, Buster Merrifield as well is coming more and more into it. The chemistry is really starting to click in jail now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it really is. And again, I like these sort of episodes. I know we've said it before, but I do like the episodes that have got everyone in. And I think other than like Denzel, we've pretty much got everyone in this particular episode that is in the show at this point in time. Yeah, we have. I was thinking earlier, and that get to that when we get to it but i was thinking is denzel in this scene anywhere but he's not is he? he's not in this episode at all no rightio so the next day at the flat rodney suffers from writer's block when trying to come up with a plot until dale returns from the market with a broken derelict typewriter after showing him how hard it is to hit the keys dale tells rodney to begin typing but rodney cannot think of an idea for a story dale mentions that he has an idea for a story called there's a rhino loose in the city which is about a rhinoceros who escapes from a zoo and comes out at night to kill people in London while hiding in the day. And a private detective is called in to try and solve the crime while trying to seduce a female zookeeper. Rodney then refuses to use Dale's tacky story in his film. I mean, this whole scene now is just, it's the best bit of the, of the actual programme, isn't it? It's just so fucking good. And when Dale comes in with that typewriter, He's like holding it at the bottom and he just puts it on the table and lifts it up. There's no actual bottom to the box, is there? He just lifts it up and the typewriter's there. It's like, okay, so what was the point of that box really? Obviously, just to cover it up so Rodney didn't see it at first, I suppose. I'm guessing so, yeah. Even though he's just pulled like the best magic trick we've ever seen. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> materialising a fucking massive, great big like 1920s typewriter out of a thin air. <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, come on, Rodney, get right. And he gets that bit of paper and he crams it in and reels it around like you're doing a typewriter. And it's all fucking jammed up and that. It wouldn't work anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm glad you had to actually, you actually got through the synopsis of that because last time, as we said, when we tried to actually describe this bit, we obviously burst out laughing and obviously the episode spent most of the time of us just fucking giggling like infants but um yeah this part of the episode is so fucking brilliant and just some of the back and forth banter is absolutely incredible and the stuff they come out with that bit where albert says um he's like the vampire when there was like, oh yeah the rhino comes out at night and then albert's like is it a vampire rhino it's fucking amazing <laughs> cracks me up every time and then Dale, obviously, after giving all this spiel about it, it's like, oh, vampire rhino, that's bloody stupid, Albert. It's like, why well, this whole thing's stupid? Yeah, I mean, it all starts with the typewriter, and then Rodney 
sort of presses down a couple of keys without much enthusiasm, although his tongue's out on the second one, like he's getting a bit more into it. Then Del <laughs> gives him a whack, and he's like, go on then, start typing. And that's when he obviously says he hasn't got the story. But, yeah, this fucking thing. There's a rhino loose in the city. And De- Albert's like, what's it about, Del? <laughs> it is ridiculously stupid, but, um, yeah. And then, obviously, when Dale goes through the story and everything, and he's getting a Charlton Heston-type character in to sort of be the detective. And he's like, but no, no, the van, the rhino's missing. He's, Rodney's like, Dale, if you've got a rhinoceros and one day ain't there, you tend to notice he's missing. It's just fucking, the lines are just stupid, but they're so good. Yeah, and then it's like, why is he killing people? Well, what do you want him to be, a social worker? <laughs> yeah, and he's like, I just wanted to put an idea in your head. I wish it was a bloody bullet now after Rodney shoots him down with his story. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not dwell too much on the vampire rhino, though, because like I say, last time, if you haven't heard that episode, I would suggest going back and listening to it. We do a shameless plug every week, or I do. And I don't really plug our previous episodes, but that one is actually quite funny. And I may not listen to it again myself, actually. Oh, God, yeah, they are probably rough around the edges. This is like our first attempt at podcasting a couple of years ago. I mean, we're not professional now, but we were definitely rough around the edges back then. <laughs> <laughs> we sure were. So, at a Chinese takeaway, Dale tells Rodney that Mickey Pierce is practicing using the camera by videoing weddings for hire. Boise and Marlene enter, and Marlene tells the trotters that they are holding a party at the Nags Head the following Friday to celebrate the 20th anniversary of her and Boise's marriage, and the trotters promise to be there. This inspires Rodney to write this in the film. There's a whole bit here they've missed out, just looking at the synopsis, but obviously we'll go through that ourselves. A few days later, back at the flat, Dale shows Rodney a list of extras who have to pay Dale £10 to take part to use in this film, as well as a list of businesses to advertise. Just then, Mickey Pierce enters with the video equipment and his girlfriend Amanda as Dale and Albert exit. Rodney is disgusted to see that Mickey is filming a porn movie involving Amanda wearing a nurse's uniform and stripping for Boise, and Rodney accidentally gets caught on tape. Now, I think there's a few little faux pas there. I don't know about yourself, Fred Roll. First of all, obviously, when Marlene and Boise come into the restaurant, they're talking about, obviously, Boise shooting blanks, and he's the reason Marlene can't have a kid, and they kind of missed that whole bit out there. It's quite a pivotal part in the whole Only Falls and Horses saga, really, isn't it? It is, yeah, because that's something that gets touched on a couple of times down the line. Like you say, it's part of a storyline in uh, like in one of the episodes further down. So, yeah, that has been brushed over ever so slightly. There is that typical... um non-PC thing isn't there like the Chinese guy in the restaurant and everything he's got that typical kind of over-the-top Chinese accent that can't really understand what he's saying and even Dale's like oh he can't even speak the lingo which again nowadays a ruffle feather or two yeah there's a couple of bits here isn't there in this whole scene you've got that and then you've got Dale doing this sort of camp voice to Boise bye bye Boise and saying a word that I'm not going to repeat it's not a rude word or anything but it is quite derogatory it wouldn't have been back then it's just this whole scene, again, it's, it's of its time, but it's a bit on PC by today's standards, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then when um, uh, Rodney says, oh, writers call it a gestation period, and then uh, Albert's like, what do you call it then? Just having a little pop at him, and Rodney says he's still struggling to write the story. And Rod- Albert's always having these little pops at Rodney, like they're really sort of below the belt and quite sly, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I do. Again, this is like um, Buster Merrifield really coming to the Albert character, hasn't he? He's doing so yeah. well of it, and again, he just bounces off, and like, he kind of like just makes it his own now, um, much like Dell and Rodney do with uh, their particular characters. Um, so yeah, he's great with the way he sort of like has his back and forth with Rodney. Absolutely. I was just thinking when I watched this earlier, 
imagine Mickey Pierce doing your wedding video, you know, it's supposed to be the most important day of your life, and then he fucking turns up, you'd be like, oh my God, I don't think I'd trust him. No, definitely not. And also as well, like Rodney, uh, not Rodney, sorry, I'm Del Boy, when he's in the, the flat, he makes a hint that like, he's hired Mickey out there, like film a natural birth, or yeah. something like that. That's where he makes that reference. I'm like, fucking hell, I mean, Mickey doing your wedding, that's one thing. I wouldn't want him there doing a fucking natural birth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And there's, there's a bit there, it says, um, where um, Rod, uh, Mickey's making a film for Boise. He's not making it for Boise, is he? He's making it behind Boise's back. He's nicking all the tapes and all the stuff from him, isn't he? And trying to cut him out, because he's the one who's been distributing Boise's porn, isn't he? Yeah, because he's the one, he says, like, um, he um, kind of knows where he can sell him and get money and all that sort of stuff. So, again, I know Mickey's obviously just full of shit in front and everything like that, but, yeah, I wouldn't really cross Boise, at least if I was at Mickey's level. Um He's kind of like, yeah. I don't know, just asking for trouble, isn't he? Because Boise wouldn't stand for it. No, exactly. I mean, obviously we've said before that um, Boise's wary of Dell, but he'd certainly take on Mickey, I would say, particularly in sort of something like that where he's trying to rip him off. But, um, yeah, <laughs> there's another little sneaky line here, and I've never really noticed it before. I sort of have and I haven't. When um, the, the, the owner of the Chinese restaurant goes, prawn balls, Mr. Boyce, and then... Um, Dale sort of looks at him and gives that sort of sly look as it's like obviously a reference to him shooting blanks. And I've never really noticed that before. Yeah, I think I had noticed it, but I did actually know, like, I never really kind of like picked up or thought more yeah. of it. But yeah, I definitely um, clocked it this time. Um, and the other bit, a uh, bit earlier on as well was um, when uh, Boise comes in, I was thinking, like, again, no disrespect to Chinese restaurants or anything like that, but wouldn't Boise be too snobby to eat from a Chinese restaurant? Because he's made references in the past that he has like, only smoked salmon and all this sort of stuff. So Boise going into the local sort of Chinese restaurant, I don't know if he would actually yeah. do that. That's a really good shout, yeah, because he takes a piss out of um, Dale, doesn't he? Oh, taking a family out tonight then down wine, as if to say, you know, what are you doing in this grotty environment? So yeah, that's a really good point, actually. I didn't think of that. But yeah, it probably, in Boise's grand scheme of being an absolute snob, Probably not his normal style, but there we go. Obviously, he had to be there for the, the whole scene we've just talked about. But I thought, just before we move on to the bit in the flat, where um, uh, well, we'll get to that. Um, Dale comes up with the old Jaffa line pretty quick, doesn't he? Dale's not always the, the quickest, and he tends to fuck things up and get things wrong. But when he comes out with the whole, I didn't know Boyce was a Jaffa, I thought that was actually for Dale pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. And there's another... um good one that Boise comes up with because Marlene's like oh Rodney I hear you're making a film someone once said I had a promising career in film and the boy's like yes and then talkies came along and ruined it come along Marlene <laughs> he's just completely mugging her off again he is pr- proper nasty to her though isn't he <laughs> he is he's a complete bastard <laughs> obviously they're great together in that but I love Marlene I think she's a great character yeah she is she's brilliant definitely she's good on Twitter as well if you don't follow her I um, do follow her so- <laughs> <laughs> and we get to the flat and then the first thing like Rodney's trying to type away and he's banging the keys and everything he's like Dill the T's and A's they're missing is that a problem Rodney well is it if we want to write words like at it's just fucking great I love that yeah I suppose as well I don't know why this popped into my head back then but cause it's not re- not really relevant but it's just the way my mind works sometimes because um, it's like yeah writing words like at and I'm like hmm I wonder what year the uh, the at symbol came in because it must not have been used obviously until electronic email or anything but it's weird to think back of in the day when uh, that symbol that we use all the time these days even I just write at something when I can't be bothered to write at I'm just that lazy just hold control and another button instead of pressing two buttons which I'm doing anyway <laughs> but that's besides the point um, but yeah I don't know why it popped into my head I was like oh, I wonder when that actually got added to all the actual QWERTY keyboard layouts 
Oh, yeah, good point. Yeah, we might have to Google that one for next week, uh, listeners. Um, I mean, I just type at. Um, but yeah, I see what you mean. It's um, six one half dozen the other, isn't it? To coin a phrase, like, what's the quickest one to do, really? Um, and obviously, Rodney's got blood on the bloody paper, and Dale gets excited. What's that red mark? Oh, it's blood. My finger started bleeding. Oh, okay. And then you think, if Dale's got that list of people, so it looks pretty extensive that he's given to Rodney, and he's going to charge them all the tenner. That's a nice little earner for Dale, isn't it? Because he's not paying for any of the equipment either. He's getting everything for nothing and charging everyone a tenner to be in the film. He's doing all right for himself, isn't he? It's one of his, like, probably his better schemes, really. And he actually gets quite far of it until, obviously, right at the end. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, you think, like I say, he's, he's not had to have any outlay in his. Rodney and Mickey are doing all the dirty work, and he's just raking in the money. Which is obviously why Rodney's a bit sketchy about taking the money off him. It doesn't really take him much to be persuaded to take it off Dale, does it? I love that one. Dale's always like, oh, here's your share. I don't want it. Oh, well, please yourself. And he goes to put it back in his pocket. Rodney's like, oh, no, 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 just this once, I'll take it, sort of thing. Yeah, and obviously you picked up on this last week, I think it was. The Rajar computers are still in the flat, aren't they? There's boxes of them behind um, Dale and Rodney while they're talking. And obviously we're going to see those a bit more in a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, I've actually got that in my notes here that they're still there. But obviously, like you say, they do play a big part in the, the upcoming special. Yeah. <laughs> then when old Mickey comes in, he's got his white bloody peak cap or hat on and everything, trying to be a bit more of a film director than the sort of normal look he's got on and then Amanda I don't know why she comes in about a minute after him I don't know why she wasn't with him at the time and he's like oh I told her to meet me here it's a bit of a weird one but anyway and then that's Amanda and Rodney's like it's a what I fucking love that it's great it's a great line isn't it and again she's quite a punky sort of girl and everything but Rodney's reaction is like the fucking xenomorph just walked in he (laughs) jumps out of his skin (laughs) I know Rodney's supposed to be this sort of you know down with the kid sort of person for one of a better phrase and everything but he seems to be scared by anyone who looks a little bit sort of out of the norm doesn't he yeah and then his fucking trousers I think we might have talked about this in the top 10 but I can't let it go again they are up fucking round his nipples aren't they when he's in the kitchen having a bit of a panic attack about what's going on it's like fucking hell Rodney pull your trousers down a bit son yes yeah his fucking trousers are insane aren't they so he puts like the belt loops around his nipples to hold them up or something like that <laughs> But, um, he must do. but I love the way he's like kind of having a like he's obviously kicking off in the kitchen isn't he? he's like he's going mad it's like I've got more extras in Berlin Dean or something like that And but he's actually shouting so loud like Mickey and Buggy and Amanda would have heard him because he's like this is a bloody nightmare and he's like clanging around with the fucking kettle and everything <laughs> and he comes out and you just see Amanda holding her bra up and he's like oh my god Mickey oh, what are you doing he has an absolute panic attack he's brilliant <laughs> So let's have a look at how this one all wraps up then, bread roll. On Friday night at the Nags Head, I don't know if it's Friday night, but apparently it is, Mickey finishes filming Boise and Marlene's anniversary. Oh, it would have been because of the anniversary. I digress. All the gang head into the back room to watch the British premiere of Night Nurse, based, based on a novel by Enid Blyton. That's obviously according to Boise. Rodney quickly realises that it's what Mickey and his girlfriend have been filming in the flat and quietly escapes once the video starts. Dale Angry screams out Rodney's name the moment he sees him in the film. Back at Nelson Mandela House, Rodney tells Dale that he did not know what Mickey was going to do. Dale mentions that the people backing up Boise in his dirty movies are the Driscoll brothers. As Dale heads to the bathroom to flush the nightmare's videotape down the toilet, we'll come to that, Mickey Pierce and his friends show up at a party and Rodney lets them in just for Dale to chase them out. Rodney then gets a telephone call from his art teacher, who is not overly impressed with Rodney's idea, but is willing to try to film it anyway. Rodney then says Dale knows where there's a rhino going cheap, revealing that Rodney's idea is, in fact, 
there's a rhino loose in the city after all. So a fair bit happens in that sort of little tiny synopsis there. Well, it wasn't that tiny, but um, I do like it when all the, the nags head. And again, you've got the, the gang back together, obviously minus Denzel, but it's nice to see them all back together having a little bit of banter. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it is um, a bit strange that they would just kind of sneak out the back to watch like a, a dodgy movie in the dirty grimy pub obviously the nag said isn't exactly the cleanest establishment is it it's just it's a kind of like grotty setup for the episode it is i do like the way it cuts to that scene though because it cuts to um uh mickey going come on in jiggle him about a bit and everything obviously straight after you've seen amanda holding her bra up and obviously you're supposed to think he's still talking to her but it turns out he's talking to the people like it um voices anniversary thing i thought that was quite a clever little cut there yeah yeah it's really good um yeah it's probably one of the first sort of like you know technical cuts i think we've seen in this particular show i'm not saying it's like the most technical of cuts but it is good like you say the way it goes from that and sort of like smoothly moves into the next scene yeah and then i think you said you were going to pick up on this but oh the, the vicar calls boise a jaffa again but the way he says it is so over the top isn't it his posh accent he's got i mean maybe that's how he talks but i wouldn't have thought so yeah i heard boise it was a jaffa yeah it's fucking brilliant <laughs> you know it's as well um in in the flat obviously we know They've got loads of crap everywhere, but each wall's got different wallpaper on it. I don't know why I know it's yeah. at this particular time, but yeah, all three walls have completely different um, wallpaper going on. I did notice it didn't match, and I don't think I'd ever noticed that before, but I did pick up on it in this episode. Yeah, <laughs> when Boise announces Night Nurse, he's there fucking waving a sausage on a stick around, didn't he? Going, Night Nurse, <laughs> from the, uh, based on the novel by Enid Blytons, he's waving a sausage on a stick around. It's quite funny. One thing, though, just before I forget, this isn't even in my notes, it just popped in my head. So, obviously, we know this night nurse is going to be bad because it's Mickey Pierce, but it's just going to be Amanda stripping off, isn't it? Because Mickey Pierce is not going to get involved. It's not going to be a porn movie like starring Mickey Pierce as, you know, the stud. Um, so, I'm assuming it's just Amanda just waving her bra about and then Rodney walking in. I guess so, yeah. I mean, there's only so much they can do for like a PG show at seven o'clock on the BBC. But um, yeah, it's it's, it's grotty. But again, the whole thing of like how Dell doesn't recognise his flat and all that stuff is just, <laughs> it's just weird, isn't it? <laughs> so like, oh, where did they get these grotty flats from? And then like, Rodney comes out, but why would they even just fucking leave that in there in the first place? The whole bit is just ridiculous. But yeah, it's just, I love it because it's hilarious. But it just none of it actually goes together and makes any sense. No, it doesn't. Like you say, I mean, there's so many things here. Why why would Mickey be showing it to Boise? Because he's trying to muscle it on his business. Why did he leave the bit with Rodney in? Because that would have made no sense at all. He would have edited that out, although I don't know what his editing skills are like and how easy it was back then. But, and yeah, it's just ridiculous. But it does work because it's just supposed to be stupid, isn't it? And Boise would have recognised the bloody flat as well. He's been to Dell's flat a few times. So, and... One thing from a technical point of view, when we actually see Rodney walk out, when they're all watching Night Nurse, you still see it from the audience's point of view, whereas Mickey was filming from the other side. So that scene isn't even right anyway. Yeah. Yeah, because it's, um, yeah, it's like the same angle, as like I say, of the show. It's not how he would have actually been shooting. That's a really good show, actually. Yeah, it's just none of that really works, but that's probably why it's so good, because it is so bloody ridiculous. And then, as I said there in the synopsis, um, why is Dell going to shove the bloody videotape down the, the toilet? <laughs> I mean, you just rip it up. I mean, he comes back out of it when Mickey comes in, and it's all sort of come out of his casing in his hand. But he's going, I'm going to go and shove this lot down the cars. He's like, why are you going to do that? Just rip it up and bin it. Yeah. But there we go. And where did Dell get those 
actors and inverted commas from that come in with him. I think, again, we talked about this before, but it's kind of like the village people cross with fucking, I don't know, um, Samantha Fox or something. And we talked about Samantha Fox a few weeks ago, um, the page three model, but God knows where Mickey found them from. Yeah, well, probably best unknown where Mickey found them. <laughs> He's such a strange little man and stuff. I dread to think what his uh, avenues for acquiring things really are. <laughs> Yeah, and just sort of to finish off how ridiculous the end sort of scene is when they're back at the flat again and obviously um, Rodney gets the phone call. There's no fucking way they'd have been, all right, you can have 10k to film that. They'd have been like, uh, nah, we're going to give it to someone else or, you know, spend it on a bloody swimming pool. So I mean, they were not giving it to Rodney to film that bloody rhino loose in the city, would they? Exactly, yeah, and I assume they gave it to him in cash or something like that. So he'd have been walking out with like a wad of like 10 grand, <laughs> but yeah. It definitely would not have gone down the way, the way obviously they show it, but for the sake of the episode, it, it's great and it does set up just an absolutely over the top kind of caper for the trotters to be involved in. Yeah, it does. I'd love to have seen the end product though, it would have been good, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a shame they never actually just did that as like a fan movie or something. There's some good sort of fan posters going around about it. Yeah, I, I only picked up on that one you put on Twitter about an hour or two ago. I saw you tweeted it. And I was like, yeah, it's quite good, that. I'd, um, I'd pay to watch that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so I haven't really got much else to say about it. It's obviously, we have covered it before uh, a couple of years back. Um, although we laughed for pretty much half an hour of the 32-minute episode, or however long it was. Um, I mean, it is a pretty fucking random episode, isn't it? But just I think it's that whole scene in the middle that does it, just where Dell was speeding off that bloody Rhino Loose in the City story. And the rest of it is still quite good, but that is just the whole crux of the episode. It's just five minutes of pure comedy gold, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. And it is a great episode. It's, and it's so fast-paced as well. I think the hecticness of it actually lends itself to the fact that it's just such a bizarre plot in the first place. But um, yeah, this is absolutely still one of my favourites. It's one of those episodes that's always guaranteed to make me laugh when I watch it. I, I, love, I love it. And again, it's good as well because it has all the characters in it. Do you know who I've been literally sat working all day just going, what is it? A vampire rhino? Just literally just <laughs> talking to myself like all day doing that. Yeah, I've been looking forward to watching this one again. It is a classic, isn't it? And we also do get a little bit more of the Boise and Marlene story. It was good to see them together on screen again. So we haven't really seen them that much. And we get the story about obviously them trying to conceive. And that is, as far as I can remember, the only running theme we've had so far. Obviously, we get a lot more when we hit the next series with Cassandra coming into it. I don't think at the moment we've really got a running theme, have we? No, no, I don't think we do, actually. But it is, like you say, it's building up. They are putting in some bits that will become more prevalent in, during the last two kind of uh, series and obviously the specials that accompany them as well. So, yeah, it is really starting to take shape quite nicely. Indeed. So, um, yeah, that pretty much wraps up, I think, uh, The Vampire Rhino, or a video nasty is actually called, but maybe people might know it better as The Vampire Rhino episode. Who knows? And next week we're doing the last one of the series, aren't we? And that's Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Then we'll be on to uh, a couple of specials and then on to Series 6 spread roll. So we're motoring through these now. We are actually uh, ploughing through them, but obviously there are plenty of specials to go around from this point on, so uh, it'll keep us busy for a little while longer. Indeedy. And who knows what we're going to do next, because we certainly don't. <laughs> no, definitely not. We rarely know what we're doing the week next, let alone like in a year's time or anything like that. So, um, we'll <laughs> at, at least with this one. It's kind of mapped out in front of us, unlike the movie one where we have no fucking idea what we're doing each week. 
<laughs> that's very true so um for all our listeners that do stick with us um thank you very much as always for listening we hope you enjoyed the episode let us know what you think of uh, a rhino loose in a city in this particular episode as his real name is video nasty you can get in touch with us at the hyperbaric goats on twitter and for me bread roll i am signing off and for me jt i've just got one last thing to say a rhinoceros has escaped from the zoo there are 300 people covered in rhinoceros footprints there's a lock-up garage two and a half foot deep in rhinoceros crap, and Charlton Heston suspects the butler. No income tax, no VAT, no money back, no guarantee. Black or white, rich or poor, we'll cut prices at a stroke.